1: Time decision continues. Get on the grid. I'm on the grid. So is the raging redhead. Cam Stewart. I am Gabriel Morenci from the down on the loudest station in the nation. SB Nation radio following Scotty Farrell goes coast to coast. And don't forget, you can catch Scotty Farrell's podcast over at Spotify, Apple, iTunes and all the places that you download your podcast, as well as Morency Unfiltered, in which uh, we let loose uh, <laughs> on uh, the podcast. Uh, no, nah, nah, not really. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just another <laughs> name. All, all of our shows are pretty much un, um, unfiltered. Uh, but that's besides the point. All right. So a lot of excitement in the air. We talk college football and we know there's going to be college football. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be NFL football as well, Cam. Schedule is set to be uh, released. Although we already know the strength of schedule. We already know who's playing who. We're going to find out about the matchups. But with no fans, it's interesting. It changes the prime time uh, dynamic of games, right? Like, one of the tough things that, you know about going into a Monday Night Football is the crazy crowd, the grind uh, of the crowd. It does change the dynamic, uh, having empty stadiums. Although, you know the NFL is going to um, – you know the NFL will be creative and come up with cool ways to sort of have a, an, an environment in a stadium. And it's interesting because the UFC, of course, returns on Saturday in Jacksonville – and uh, they asked Dana White if um, if um, they're going to, um, you know, pump in any crowd noise, virtual fans, um, you know, any any sort of, you know, enhancements to the broadcast. And he said that they tried it and he said, we considered it. We tried it. But he said, I thought it was kind of cheesy. <laughs> and he goes, it just didn't work. He said, you know, we did, we couldn't figure out a way where it would work. They do have a live DJ. Did they so, got the ring girls still? Uh, Yes. yeah, yeah you know, They yeah, got yeah. to make the trip. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. For, for for fighting, you don't need the crowd, actually. No, you don't. Like, for you fighting, don't it. it works the best. Yeah, it gets yeah. right in the cage. And Move. you still hear noise because you hear the gloves and it's cool. That's you what I want to hear. Can I want to hear the hear fighters that. talk a bit. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the corner, like, really clearly. And the corner guys yell a lot, man. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. There's four guys in each corner, so that's eight guys. They're all yelling. Take him down, watch out, hey, hey, hey. it's a constant. So it creates an environment, although, you know, and they're gonna play their entrance music and everything as well, but it'll be interesting to see how the broadcast is pulled off. I'm sure they've watched how wrestling has done it.
2: Yeah, no, I, and the thing is, Gabe, I love the raw sound in, in the corner. That's stuff that you don't get to see every day. You said it. You don't need fans there. I could hear the leg kicks nice and crispy. You know, when a guy hits a guy flush, we're going to hear some sounds. That's fine with me. Other sports, football, you need the wild crowd and stuff like that. For, for fighting, golf, and other sports, tennis, you can play these sports without fans. And I agree with Dana White, actually. I think it would be cheesy. They could do it this way, and the ambient sound will be awesome to see. It'll be
1: pretty refreshing. I'm of the belief that crowds are overrated. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never heard a player be scared, oh, it's going to be loud there. Like, you know, we always hear that handicappers dropping all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Boy, it's going to be rocking there tonight. Yeah, well, whatever. It's been rocking in Buffalo for 50 years. They still haven't won. <laughs> and it's rocking in Cleveland. It's rocking in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Buffalo Sabre games rock, right? The only thing is... The Winnipeg Jet games rock. Yeah. Do they win? Fall starts. In Seattle, it was yes. really loud. Football, it exact that's it's exactly it. You're a Seahawks fan. We all know about the 12th men. But you can't tell me that it's not easier to go to Seattle and play in that empty stadium than it is when there's 84,000 people louder than a bunch of jets taking off. It just will be for teams. So it changes the dynamic uh, a little bit. But it could hurt some other teams as well, right? Like, it could go both ways. So uh, we'll get into this uh, and more. As we welcome everybody listening on SB Nation uh, Radio, get on the grid, at the Sports Grid, at Rage at Cam Stewart Live. I am Rage, Gabriel Morenci. Throwing it down with the Raging Red at Cam Stewart. Countdown to the National Football League. Schedule release is on, and the countdown to UFC 249 is on in Jacksonville. And uh, we talked earlier in the week about what a nut job Tony Ferguson is and about how he enjoys pain. And as you can see here, a lot of people, a lot of people, Cam, are freaking out about the COVID test. Oh, I know. And I don't know if you've seen it, man. They jab <laughs> oh. a swab like, oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> like way, way
1: up there. I love uh, the video. God knows God knows what they'd find if we stuck a swab up Cam's nostrils. Oh, God. oh oh Please don't do it. Yeah. Lots of gunk up there, Gabe. Lo- lots of stuff. Anyway. I you know, still have things from years ago up there, too. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, how is that? I'm like, what the where did that happened? I stick it up. From? I start bleeding. Yeah. Oh, my God. What's up
2: there? Uh, yeah, I, I, you see
1: a- Tony <laughs> Ferguson. Everyone else saw oh, it's so painful and everything. He's just sort of, he's like, ah. He's like, ah, smiling after. Yeah. Like the guy, he just, he's a nut job, this guy. Yeah, you sent me the video, and I'm
2: like, wow, they're really going up Tony Schnoz there pretty high. That's the thing; it wasn't just like a little DNA swab. Like they get up there and poke. It's almost in your brain. You're right. He's laughing at the end <laughs> with the glasses on. I love this guy, man. Like he's just an absolute animal. I love everything about
1: him. He he kills me. Sitting in ice too. You ever sat in like sheer ice like that before? I don't. I don't. I don't want to do that. I couldn't sit in like a, a one of those. Oh, exactly. so, yeah. I've, done
2: I've done it before. I used to live in uh, the Arctic. So I've been uh, swimming in the water where you could basically dive going in. I did it after a few beers. I just got out. But if you stay in there for more than like 15, 20 seconds and you don't get out, like your heart, go do, do, hypothermia, like you're dead. Like you, the water is so cold you could die. But uh, yeah, I've done one of those polar bear jumps too. But now, Gabe, that I'm overweight and bigger and older, I don't want my heart to stop. It's probably a bad... Bad idea, because I could literally have a heart attack when I hit the water. When I was a younger man, I used to do that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't recommend you go. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, you go. No, no. I, that, that's probably sound <laughs> advice. But this is even more hardcore than jumping in for 15 or 20 seconds. Yeah, these no. guys like sit in there for hours and stuff. It's crazy. They sit in there, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, for hours. Yeah, like he's on the edge, uh, you know it's interesting because a lot of a lot of fighters coming into this card. Are sort of taken out of their element a little bit. Uh, not all gyms are fully open. Maybe they don't have their training partners. There's a lot of sort of independent training uh, going on. We'll put it that way, and that's why I like this Bryce Mitchell guy, who's uh, he's out of Arkansas, and uh, you know this kid like trains in the woods as it is already. He won't.
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice.
1: Game time decision continues. Get on the grid. Ken Stewart's on the grid. So am I. Gabriel Morenci, let's uh, do this thing. We're talking NFL football. We're talking fighting. We're talking college football. But let's get back into the NFL uh, talk uh, right now. Uh, we were talking about worst to first. Then we'll get into some yeah. odds here. 15 of the last 17 years, guys, International Football League team has gone from um, worst uh, to first, last place to first place within their division. We don't believe the Miami Dolphins are capable of winning the division uh, this year, although they, they, they could be in the mix, They could actually. be there. Yep, I agree. They really are. That's going to be a really competitive division. The Cincinnati Bengals just aren't there yet, although nope. the Cleveland Browns could make noise this year, guys. This is an up-and-coming team. Um, we know that uh, Cammie Colt loves his uh, loves some some Phil Rivers and Frank <laughs> Reich. Yep. And uh, Darius Leonard and crew. Colts are poised for a big bounce-back season coming off a 7-9 and nine year uh, last year, 2-6 and six on the road. Which was their downfall. Jacksonville is going to be the worst team in the National Football League. They're not uh, going to go from worst to first. Leads us to the AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs are there. Uh, the Chargers are at least a decent team. They won't beat the Chiefs, but they're not going. They're no better than the Broncos are now, and the Raiders and everything. You know, it's the Chiefs and everyone else in that division. We get into the NFC uh, East. It's Philadelphia and Dallas. The Giants are still sort of rebuilding. They're getting. Closer, but yeah. I like Philly there. Twelve
2: like the, the Eagles r- to win that yeah. division.
1: The Redskins aren't winning the division.
2: Nope, nope, nope. The offense, uh, their defense right. actually has some good parts, and they're getting better with Chase
1: Young, but uh, still uh, a work in progress, Gabe. Well, we're running out of real estate here. Um, the North: Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit. Detroit yes. Lions were three twelve and one last year. Yes. The Detroit Lions go from worst to first. Cavs buying in the Matt Patricia. I am. It's not Matt Patricia. It's the Lions.
2: Because I you know what? If you're gonna make one bet on worst to first, I think Detroit fits the bill. Matt Stafford now healthy. He was injured before. They had to bring in Mr. Blau. That's my name. Yeah, like, come on, Detroit. Now we got some good players. Akuda's gonna make an immediate impact. They have skilled players all over the ball game. I love the receivers. I love the running back situation now. I think Detroit is actually they can win the division. Green Bay could stay, take a step back. Chicago is overrated. And another thing is, what about Minnesota with Kirk Cousins? I, I, you know they're good. They should win the division. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, out of them all, that one makes the most sense. I'm not buying. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, the, uh, uh, I'm like your door-to-door salesman. Go sell your encyclopedia somewhere else. You stupid. Right? Get yeah. out. Get off my
1: property. <laughs> yeah. You're like Do you hear this? Who are you?
2: Who are you, you buying? Hear this? Yes? Yes? Hear uh, uh-oh, uh-oh. That's me no. slamming
1: the door on the yeah, salesman. Yeah. Hey, no get solicitors. The hell out of here. No solicitors, jerk. How'd you get in here anyways? <laughs> exactly. Okay, now, I'll you tell you my dealer idealist. No, the Detroit Lions. And listen, I like the talent that they have. Yes. Like I said they were 4 and 2 with Stafford last year. I think Matt Patricia's an idiot. I don't think he's a good coach. And I'm not as down on the rest of the division as you are. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be good uh, still although they do could have problems, you know, we're now upsetting Rodgers. The Vikings are the Vikings are the type of team they'll win a division, but they'll yeah. lose in the playoffs after. Mm-hmm. So I'm Bears? not uh, the Bears. Uh, I'm not buying the Bears. But yeah. to me, the problem with the Lions is I'm not getting enough value at plus six fifty. Yeah, For, you're telling me the Lions need to win a division. I need twenty to one. Yeah, I was gonna say even ten. Like you know, I, yeah, I'm I, not getting 20, but like you said, like 12, <laughs> 20 to one. I'll even put 100 bucks in. I win a couple of grand. Like- well, the Redskins are plus 1200. Yeah, what's who is the biggest ones? The Panthers are plus 1400. The Dolphins are plus 900. Ooh, the Bengals are plus 2600. No. The Jags are 20 to one. The Raiders are 12 to one. All right. So you you're you're saying that you think the Detroit Lions.
0: I, don't, listen, I don't,
1: listen, you know it's worse to first, so who, all, who all of these picks are going to sound crazy. Who else? The only other team that right, you so can make Carolina a is the yep. other last place team. They're not winning the division. Yeah, and the other Bad one rule takes three years, and this is the one. Cardinals. It's I'm going to take it, Arizona. Okay, that one. may you know what I was over gonna say,
2: Detroit. Okay, I like Detroit. You like Arizona? We'll see what happens at the end of the season. I love the Cardinals too, but I just think the 49ers are are, are a better team. But I have no
1: problem with that pick. No problem. It's tough. San Francisco's a really good football team. And I'm even getting better value at plus 900. Okay. Oh, no, that's nice. Nine to one for the
2: Cardinals? Yeah. That's something you can sink your teeth into. I think
1: that's the one. Now, listen, the Rams, the Rams are going to regress. The Rams seem to they're, have hit a wall. I agree. They're losing players. They're sort of in this nowhere's land of you don't have a bunch of young stars. They don't have, like, young talent, the Rams. I think the Rams are going to be bad next year. And they're losing their older star players. So they're yep. sort of in this in-between, what are you guys actually, what are you? You know what I mean? You're you're in purgatory, really. The Rams will be a 9-7, and 8-8 and type team. I
2: disagree. Team. I think they'll be under 500. Really? I eh? Rams, yeah. I think the Rams will win like six, seven games next year. I think they're going to be horrible. I think they're going to be exposed. Yeah. Well, think about it. If you think Arizona's going to get better, who are they going to get wins from? Probably the Rams. They're going to be yeah. a better
1: team than the Rams. Oh, you're so. right. They're going to be right there. All right. So your, your Seattle Seahawks still in the mix. They're I mean, there, but they're not as good as San Francisco. They'll battle Arizona for second in that division, in my opinion. Arizona could get there. San Francisco seemed rock solid, but the thing is... So does every team that makes the Super Bowl, the NFC, every year. And they always fall apart after. Yeah. yeah. That whole Super Bowl loss thing is real. Let's look at the you know, the, the, the highway littered with dead bodies here uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. Never been the same since that Super Bowl. Carolina Panthers, never the same after that Super Bowl. Um, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, who else made the Super Bowl recently in the, in the in the, uh, in the NFC that just sort of – that Super Bowl losing hangover thing is real. Philadelphia Eagles. Carolina, uh, Carolina, yeah, Carolina fell off face of the earth. Philadelphia Eagles strapped and made the playoffs, though. We'll give Seattle them playoffs still, even after their losses, they've
2: still been relevant. They're not as good as they were before, but they're still relevant. I think Arizona could take that leap. But I will say this with John Lynch and San Francisco, Gabe, they're very, very prepared. Uh, this is an organization I think is going to be on top for a while. I have no problem with the Arizona bet from a value perspective at nine to one. But I think the 49ers will not fall off the face of the earth. I just think they're
1: too well managed and they've got a good group. And, you know, they bring in Trent Williams as well now. Uh, they're, they're a stacked football team. Yeah, They're a good organization. John Lynch, you know, I know you and I both have a lot of respect for what uh, John Lynch uh, brings uh, to the table. All right, so let's get into, uh, let's get into the uh, will the team make the playoff odds here, see if there's anything out here. And as we stated, what we like about this is bets are action if season shortened. Uh, only void if seven teams don't make the playoffs per conference, and they're going to play their playoffs. Um, so we start off uh, alphabetically here with the Arizona Cardinals to make the playoffs, plus 260, yes. Uh, I'm going to say no, but uh, I'm not laying 360, so
2: I'll pass on the Arizona Cardinals, but that could be a good bet at that price. I'm going to sprinkle on the
1: Cardinals. Yep. And I'm not naive. I know they have a longer way to go. I mean, they are only a five-win football team last year. They, they had one tie. Five, ten, and one. But I think they're going to be greatly improved. Kyler Murray's going to be even better now. Their offensive line's going to be better now. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be better now. Yep. They have DeAndre Hopkins. You've got Christian Kirk. You've got Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, they found a ground game here last year with Kenyon Drake and company. Uh, there's a lot to like about what Arizona is doing right now. I love the draft pick of Isaiah Simmons. Like, you go down the list, it's like, wow, there's a lot of good football Oh, they did players. some good stuff. I right? Like, it's starting to come together. And I'm not going to underestimate the impact that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have on this football team. I think they're going to be right in the mix. You, you think the Rams are going to regress. I agree with that. I think the Cardinals are going to be better. They're going to be right in the mix. I think they're going to be battling with Seattle. I think they take that step up. And, you know, maybe they just miss out on the playoffs. But I think at 9-1 to one to win a division is, that we talked about it, 15 in the last 17 years, guys. A team has gone from worst to first. So, Arizona to win a division at plus 900. And then, conversely, you get Arizona um, just to make the playoffs at plus 260. I'm going to say yes, Ken. Uh, I'm going to say no,
2: but good luck to you, buddy. Uh, it's, it's actually next to Detroit as a big sleeper. I like Arizona as well. I just think they fall short.
1: Um, the Atlanta Falcons the answer, are another no. team. No. All right. So, no, you skip right away here. No. Um, So them not to make the playoffs is minus 270. If you think, nah, they're not going to make the playoffs, minus 270. For them to make the playoffs, it's plus 210. Here's a team that, I don't know, is it worth it, a plus 390? I do think they could regress the Baltimore Ravens. But they have one of the easiest schedules in a freaking league. It upsets me. The Ravens, you know, I think the Ravens take a little bit of a step back. They figure out Lamar a little bit, but... It's yes, minus 550, no, plus 390 for the Ravens. Yeah,
2: and this, on the, the link that you send me, I'm seeing plus, yeah, plus 490, not to make the playoffs is almost worth a look. But uh, you know what? I'm just not gonna throw bets around like that. They're minus 700 and change to make the playoffs. They should game but hey, if something happens to Lamar Jackson, everything can fall down. Uh, I think that's a very dangerous bet with the Baltimore Ravens. I do think they make the playoffs, but if you like almost five to one, I got no problem with that from a value
1: perspective. The Buffalo Bills at FanDuel, yes, minus 160 to make the playoffs, minus 160, and you look at the talent and the football team that the Buffalo Bills have. It'd be a massive disappointment if they're not a playoff team. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. I've been pretty skeptical um, about a lot of um, about a lot of leagues coming back. I think people are kind of naive. There's a lot of talk. Oh, the Korean baseball league's back. Okay, but it's easy. Look, they put a lot of work into it. They actually, their government actually did something. They tested. They traced. They quarantined. They had a plan, and therefore, they have their league back uh, right now. But when it comes to the NBA, like you know, Major League Baseball is four and a half, five months. Man, that's a load to deal with for them. Um, the National Football League, same thing, a lot of games, um, you know, talking about hundreds of thousands of tests that, that are needed to do the season. At least the NBA's in a position, I see a little bit more optimism in which, you know, it's not impossible to pull off five weeks in Mandalay Bay, is it? What's your feeling? Like, if you say percentages, 50-50, 70-30 against, 70-34, what do you think it is that they play the NBA playoffs, let's say in August or whatever?
0: Well, I think they're really exploring every single possible avenue to at least salvage something because, you know, even though obviously like, there's no way that they're going to be able to do anything with fans anytime soon before there's a vaccine, but they still want to play some sort of, you know, semblance of some way to finish the season because they have the TV revenue that they need to be able to salvage. So they're going to try to do something. I think it really depends on how much mass testing is available. And right now, it seems like there's not a whole lot of testing out there, or at least not in the quantities that they would need. And they also are pretty concerned about the optics of, you know, if the NBA is getting tens of thousands of tests and everybody in the country who needs a test or is feeling sick can't still get one. I think they're worried about like that being a bad PR move for them. So they're going to try to slow play it. But I do think they're trying everything they possibly can to salvage something.
1: I think, you know, and I think that's it's a good point that you raise. And it's obviously going to be a problem But that's still going to be a problem in the fall, I think. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a continuous problem. And I almost think people, yeah, some people will complain, but I think people want sports back so much. Like, in Italy, what they did, they basically stated, we're going to donate five tests for every one test that we use. Right? So, like, if we, the Italian soccer league, if we need 50,000 tests, we're going to donate 250,000 tests. And I think that's the way around that uh, right now. At least, like you look at baseball. Like baseball, their union's so strong; it's so adversarial as well. They're not like lovey-dovey with the owners in baseball. There's, there's, you know, it's there. They still sort of clash uh, off. And at least the NBA are on the same page, right? You know, it's a pretty good relationship with the players and Adam Silver and the owners, and everybody understands what's at stake here. But I. I it- Game time decisions continues as does our conversation about the National Football League playoff props. The countdown is on to the official schedule release uh, by the commissioner and the league. They're going to have an extravaganza tonight with GMs, players, coaches, etc. Joining them uh, via Zoom or uh, what have you to uh, discuss uh, the schedule. We're discussing uh, playoff props uh, right now. And the Buffalo Bills listen to FanDuel uh, right now in various states uh, minus one hundred and sixty to make the playoffs for the Buffalo Bills, a complete package. The Buffalo Bills have done a great job building this roster, Cam, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott and company. Uh, they've been patient. And remember, the Bills made the playoffs a couple of years ago, and McDermott broke the team up still. Remember Tyrod Taylor? They, they, yeah. were, you know, they, were, they were a playoff team, and he benched Taylor. Uh, it was, that was the worst thing he ever. did, bringing Nate Peterman in, but that's, that's beside the point. But there were a lot of players on that team that he didn't keep. Or... And people after were like, man, you didn't make the playoffs in 20 years. You make the playoffs, and now you're chasing all these guys away. And he said, I didn't come here to make the playoffs. Exactly. And he said, this team that we have is not capable of going further than we did. And he said, there's a big picture here. And we've been patient, but the big picture is really starting to come together right now for the Buffalo Bills. It's on Josh Allen right now to deliver. He's got a ton of weapons. John Brown, uh, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. Devin Singletary. Uh, They bring in the Moss kid. Uh, Zach Moss from Utah. Um, Dawson Knox, the tight end, look good. Uh, We know that the Bills have an elite defense. They should win this division, and at minus 160, they should make the playoffs as well, the Bills. Yeah, I feel like we're almost getting punked
2: here. I think that line should be Bills to make the playoffs minus 250, not minus 160. I still like it. If it's a trap, I'm falling for it. Their defense is legendary. Um, they had a great draft, too, to make their defense even stronger. I love the offensive weapons. You said a Cole Beasley had a good year. Very underrated. John Brown was over 1,000 yards. Are we missing something? They're only going to get stronger. Uh, Allen has to be better. We've talked about that. The Achilles heel, he's got to come out of the gate hot. Stop having those mental lapses where he doesn't play well for three or four drives in a row. He's got to put it together for 60 minutes. But I love the Buffalo Bills to win the division. Minus 160 to make the playoffs? Hell yes!
1: All right, the next team, we agree. I think the Buffalo Bills, and I am a Bills fan for the record, so I'm a little worried that everybody's on the wagon right now. I but know. I think the Bills are the third-best team. You can. I don't see how there's an argument. They're the third-best team in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions, Baltimore Ravens deserve respect because of the record, but the Bills are right there. They are. The Bills are. are right there, and I am not intimidated by the Baltimore Ravens. I am intimidated by Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Yeah. Um, the Carolina Panthers will not make the playoffs. We don't even need to discuss this. Nope. Um, yes is plus 380. No is minus 550. The Panthers won't make the playoffs because, uh, you know, well, a lot of reasons. But Matt Rule, if you look at Matt Rule, his third year at Temple is when he was successful. His third year at Baylor is when he was successful. Um, it's going to be the same thing. He's building a program. He's stacked a bunch of young defensive players. They're a couple of years away. I feel bad for McCaffrey, but he's got a hot girlfriend and he's got a lot of money. Yeah, don't feel bad for yeah. him. He's loaded. He's doing fine. Don't this worry about next, it. Yeah, he's, yeah, you're right. He's not feeling bad for you or me. No. So, this next uh, bet, here's a no that I will pull the trigger on. I agree. The Chicago Bears, no, minus 194. The Bears are not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to bounce back that much. They're, I don't care that they have Foles or Trubisky or whatever. I don't care who starts. The Bears aren't going to make the playoffs this year. I'll bet that no at minus 194 under minus 200. The Bears, I agree. I agree. Uh, the Bears' offense is pedestrian. Is Trubisky going to get better?
2: Who knows? Uh, single, uh, you know, you even talk about the the running game, Gabe, with Montgomery from Iowa State. I thought it was going to do a little bit more. I'm very disappointed in the Bears. I don't think they addressed uh, some of their needs in the draft. The defense, too, just because they were good for a while. They're on the field too much. Even the games they won, they did in so unimpressive fashion, very... They're just a bad football team. I don't think the Chicago Bears are an elite team. I agree. I think uh, 194
1: is a very good price for them not to make the playoffs. The Cleveland uh, Browns, as uh, we discussed, uh, are a trendy team. Um, You know, with all the talent that they have, they didn't live up to the hype uh, last year, um, but they're not the only team in the state of Ohio. The Cincinnati Bengals uh, to make the playoffs. We discussed them earlier about going worst to first. I don't think it's going to happen. These odds blow. Uh, these are terrible. I mean, yes, for the Bengals to make the playoffs at plus 680. That's horrible. It come should be sixteen on, six, to 1. Ah, 68 to 1. As if. No, but but they're I, not going to yeah. give you
2: that. That's no, no Leicester, I know, Leicester I know. City style. But they should be about 14 to 16 to 1. Not even 7 to 1 is an idiot's bet. If uh, I was that's a billionaire,
1: I'd have no problem putting uh, $120,000 down if the Bengals don't make the playoffs to win 10K. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, you know, over 11 to 1, not two. It's not even that bad of a bet. No, the Bengals are going nowhere. Uh, it's going to be a hard learning curve for uh, Joe Burrow. We'll see how he does this year. He's going to get
1: hit a lot, Gabe. The Browns, plus 122 to make the playoffs. They're going to be in the mix, but I'd like a little bit more value than this. It's still I like- the Cleveland Browns. Dude, yeah. they haven't made the playoffs in like 19 years or something. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, I like the Browns, and uh, the link that you sent me, 2 plus 150, I found, is the best number for the Browns here. But you know what, Gabe? I still need a little bit more. I'm going to say yes, but it's not enough for me to pull the trigger. So I'm probably going to pass, but I
1: like the Browns to improve. Right, the Dallas Cowboys are minus 225 Yes, uh, to uh, to make the playoffs. Uh, you know what? I think they probably do. They do. They- but at the same point in time, I'm not willing to lay minus 225 that they do.
2: I agree. I think uh, that number is a little bit steep, but I do believe the Cowboys. I think Philly wins the division and uh, Dallas gets, uh, gets into the playoffs there. Uh,
1: yeah, it's too much juice. I agree with you, but I think Dallas is in. The thing is, the thing with the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys is, at least now they're starting to build a little depth, right? Because it would be, wow, well, what if Dak Prescott got hurt and Cooper Rush came in? Well, Cooper Rush isn't there anymore. Andy Dalton is now. So there's a little bit more of a sense of normalcy, at least with the backup quarterback uh, position. Um, Wide receiver, similar situation. You know, Amari Cooper, um, he's not a piece of crap uh, like Rex Ryan stated, but it is true. He did disappear at times. Now you have CeeDee Lamb as well to go along with Michael Gallup. Um, So, you know, the Tyler level is pretty high for the Dallas Cowboys. It'll be interesting to see how um, Mike McCarthy puts all this together. Uh, Right now at a very difficult uh, time, I want to get into the virtual caps, but uh, we'll do that on future shows. Just what are these virtual caps the teams are doing? The Denver Broncos, plus 162. I'd like a little bit more value for the Broncos, but they're going to be knocking on the door. The Broncos will be competing for a playoff spot this year, but it'll fall just short, I think. Couldn't agree more, Gabe. They
2: actually might squeak in, but... I need a little bit more. I need more than 2-1 to one to put Denver there. I think they are they could probably come second in that division. They're going to be much improved. they got weapons for luck, but I'm going to say no. But uh, if you like yes and you gave me a little bit more, I'd probably pull the trigger there, but no.
1: Well, you're Detroit Lions plus 250, so if you think they're going worse to the first, then you got to sprinkle out of them to make the playoffs. You are correct. Uh, I thought you'd get better odds than that when you, to make
2: plus the playoffs. Plus 250
1: to make the playoffs, Detroit uh, Lions. You-
2: they, they will make the playoffs. I th- I, th- I actually think they can win that division. So, yes, That's i got to put bold. my money where my mouth is. Give me the Detroit Lions to make the playoffs this year. I like it. Cam's a fan of dome teams, the Colts and the Lions.
1: Yes. No problem with the dome, buddy. Green Bay, <laughs> Green Bay Packers, minus 152 to make the playoffs. I, uh, listen, I, I'm not sure that the Packers are going to you know fall apart like people think they are. And I know last year a lot of people thought that they were – kind of a fraudulent 13win football team uh, but without being stated I at the minus money I'm not ready to pull the trigger on it I think the Minnesota Vikings are just as good as they are I do think there's problems with Aaron Rodgers there now they you know they got you know, he, he never really got along with it He didn't get along with McCarthy at the end the Lafleur stuff was hit or miss but they won games but even though Aaron Rodgers was throwing for like 180 yards a game and stuff like that you know he's frustrated. Now they pull the trigger on Jordan Love, as Brett Favre stated in between cashing million-dollar welfare checks in Mississippi, that you know that the wheels are in motion and in his mind about the future, about, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to be here forever. And. There could be a problem in Paradise there in Green Bay, actually, this year. I could see them not making the playoffs, but I'm not going to bet it at plus 126.
2: I agree. I'm not betting it. It's going to be very close, but they could be on the outside looking in. And, uh, no, it's just a bad bet on yes and no. That's a team I'm going to stay away from. But, Gabe, horrible draft by the Packers. I think this team is going to have a little bit of a decline. The Houston Texans, speaking of decline, hard to see
1: them not uh, decline. It really is, especially losing their best player and one of the best players in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. You know the players can't believe in Bill O'Brien at this point in time anymore. I think they're in. They're finally. Their bubble is uh, finally due to burst. Deshaun Watson can only do so much uh, for them. Um, for them to make the playoffs, yes is plus one forty-four. No is uh, minus one seventy-eight. So the Osmakers are on to it, though.
2: Yep, they are, and I love it. At 178, I will put that bet in the portfolio now. I don't think the Houston Texans make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a real rough year for these guys. Aging defense, too. Watson loses his best target. Hey, what about Will Fuller? Are you going to be hurt again? He'll have a seven-catch game for 215 yards and three touchdowns and then not play again. This is a team I find is going to have a huge regression. Under 180, sign me up. Texans won't make the playoffs.
1: Well, this next team, we know that you're going to say, yes, the Indianapolis Colts, minus 154 yep. Cam- to make the playoffs Colt. right now. Cami Colt, I'm in game 150. What a price. Give me the Colts. Yes, yes, yes. And don't forget, these, these bets remain and stand as action um, as long as seven teams make the playoffs. So it doesn't matter how many games that they play. That's what I like about these as opposed to uh, betting a season win total right now that just might be void if they end up not playing 16 games. Jacksonville Jaguars, thing, come on, plus 680 <laughs> as well. Like, they got to offer more, even to just get drunk people to want to bet exactly. on it. Like, who the hell is going to do that at plus 680 only? I wouldn't even give that one a look for 25,
2: 30 to 1. I think it's a bad <laughs> bet. You're right. That's just stupid. Come up with a better, better number than that to attract
1: action. I'd, you know, at plus 680, that's like, will the Jags win four games? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you. I think that's it'll make whole, the playoffs. Life. It's a crap line. Pass. Yeah. Just, you know. So uh, we can't get to every uh, football team uh, on this program because we want to get to every National Football League team and just sort of blast through it. So we went in alphabetical order. Uh, We'll make a check mark uh, here. We stopped with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is laughable at plus 680. Coming up next, the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, is minus 800. So uh, there's absolutely nothing uh, to do uh, with that. Uh, We're going to talk some baseball, though, for a couple of minutes. Scott Boris wrote an op-ed in the New York Times Encouraging for the soul and the heart of America um, that uh, we need to start playing baseball sooner rather than later. And I'm sure the fact that, uh, you know, he's going to make millions of dollars in uh, in fees through contract players have nothing to do uh, with that, right? Uh, Dave Lennon's going to step up in it and in uh, and join us. Campbell
0: returns. DailyRoto.com.
1: Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Get on the grid, sports grid. And of course, we're kicking it on the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation uh, Radio. It's time to talk some baseball, or we should say uh, lack up uh, baseball uh, right now. Dave Lennon steps up and in and uh, joins us. And really enjoyed uh, Dave's uh, column uh, on uh, newsday.com uh, because he's, uh, he's writing a lot of things that I've been preaching about. People watch the Korean Baseball League on television in the late night hours right now and they see the robot fans in, uh, in Taiwan and they wonder, well, if they're playing, then how come Major League Baseball isn't playing? And I've also seen it, it frustrates me because smart guys actually, too, you we know, well-renowned baseball writers say it's a positive step to see what they've done in Korea as far as for Major League Baseball. And that is like, as in, yeah, in Korea, they actually did something to fight the virus just hoping that it goes away and wanting to play because Scott Boras for the heart and soul of America. It's funny. I don't remember the owners caring about the heart and soul of America for the past time when they locked the players out in '94, right? It's funny now. It's for the. It's not for us. It's for the flag type of thing. But it frustrates me. And and tell us, you know, tell us the reasons, you know. And then you're preaching to the choir here as far as South Korea actually tested like 365,000 people within a week. They had drive-through testing set up within days, within days. They had they had acts and texts which would tell people, you're positive, uh, stay isolated for 14 days. They actually fought it, David. They just didn't hope that it went away. And, you know, we can hope we want baseball we want until we get testing, we can't play. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I, I found it interesting that, that one
3: of the takes about this, and, and they said, you know, Major League Baseball it is watching... The games in South Korea, in Taiwan, closely, and you know, taking notes and trying to figure out the roadmap to do this. And it's like, there's nothing to learn from the teams that are already on the field. That's not complicated at all. They get tested coming into the stadium with heat sensors. They wear masks when they're not on the field. And, you know, that they just stay on top of things, just like everybody else in society. It's everything around them that's been fixed. They don't talk about playing in bubble stadiums or protecting the players from the outside world. They're part of society, not segregated from everything. And that's what you have to get done first. Listen, you know, I've been criticized as somebody who is rooting against baseball being played. And I'm like, are you crazy? (laughs) This is how I make my living is covering the sport. There's nothing I want more aside from health-related issues than to have baseball back. But the problem is, as you have to take care of the health situation first for the society at large, like you mentioned. South Korea has been on top of this stuff from the jump. US and South Korea reported their first case of COVID on the same exact day, on January 21st. And look how we've been divergent on that. So you have to take care of containing the disease first, the virus first, and then baseball and basketball and hockey can fit into it. That's kind of the only way that it can
1: be done. And it almost seems as though that the new strategy uh, right now is, well, we can't, um, we can't beat it. So let's learn to live with it right now. And as you stated, sports is society, it's part of it, but it looks as if though, and let's just be real, they're willing to sacrifice lives already and sports will be part of the bigger picture, right? As I mentioned, I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell's not calling and pressuring Gary Bettman to play the Stanley Cup right now. They view it as political as well, right? Let's get these guys back out there. The owners do. I thought it was interesting, Dave. I know what you made of it when Tony Clark stated, hey, we want to play. Players want to play. But he said, all these plans that you see about bubbles and quarantines, he goes, they haven't even, like, there's no plans. He goes, it's just media rhetoric. It's thrown out there. And as you stated, it's almost like they don't want to fix, you know, all right, society's broken, but society will be better if we have sports yet baseball players are members of society, right? That's what people seem to forget.
3: Right, I mean, the other thing here too is that, listen, I mean, South Korea is a, is a nation of 51 million people, right? Yeah. The U.S. is a nation of, I don't know, 330 million. We're a much bigger country, we're way more spread out, which is even more reason not to try to do this without being prepared for it. Like, you can't just decide, you know what, let's pretend that things are okay open things up, start playing games, and let's see what happens. That's a mistake. And I I think the commissioner, you know, Rob Manfred, I think Tony Clark, the union chief, I think they realize that, hey, you know what, we can't do this. What happens if one of our older staff members gets sick and dies from this? You know, they're not as concerned about the players. The players are younger. They're not part of a high-risk group here. But there's trainers, there's coaches, there's managers, there are other places that work around teams. I mean, can you imagine if they resume these sports, somebody like that gets sick, seriously ill, and perhaps dies from this? What, what position the league would be in then? And, and I'm talking about beside the loss of life, obviously. The PR damage here, I, I just can't even fathom it.
1: And at minimum, they need 25,000 plus tests a month. And the logistics of that right now, I mean, the U.S. Senate says they couldn't get 102 tests right the other day. So, and I'm sure these leagues could wink, wink, get the test, right? Look, the UFC is going on. Fighters are getting tested. Dana White doesn't care about public, right? You know what I mean? She doesn't care about bad PR. And another thing is UFC fighters make $16,000 a fight, Dave. Right. <laughs> they also don't have a union. Right. <laughs> they also need the, the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. They also <laughs> need the money uh, right now. Out of all these crazy ideas, I actually thought, and what did you think of it? I thought that the the Cactus League, sort of the Arizona-Florida one, where the players could you know play in their spring training stadiums without fans, sort of be a sense of normalcy, compounds that they're used to, bring the family. The quarantine's not real, but isolate people, tell the kids, listen, stay in the resort here, please. You know what I'm saying? But you can't lock them in a hotel room and say, never leave. They need air, etc. I thought that actually made sense. But now they're hell-bent back on, oh, we're going to play in these stadiums. And come on, man, they're not ready to play at Chase Stadium. They're not ready to play Yankee Stadium right now. And there's going to be outbreaks that pop up, so how do you even do this right? I, I, I kind of like, like you said, the Florida-Arizona
3: plan, because I liked having the leagues being the Cactus League. Yes, and it the it up, exactly. I mean, that was, that, that was kind of funny, right? I mean, that was kind of a real radical, let's just, you know, this season is going to be a lost season anyway. Yeah. Let's really get crazy. And think of some really crazy ideas here, and play it out, and make it fun, and realize it for what it is. But again, p- from practical purposes, I like these ideas on paper. On yeah. paper, they're very good ideas. In the real world, I just don't think they fit yet, you know. And and to move them into the, you know, th- the leagues want to do it in their regular stadiums, you know, for convenience purposes. I see that, but they also want to get fans in at some point because that's where the revenue is. And they can't really do that down south. They'd rather do it in their main cities. And then I think you're missing the point. A lot of these cities aren't ready for that yet. New York is nowhere near ready for that yet.
1: No, you're exactly right. Dave Lennon, uh, we're in conversation uh, with right now. How much time do they have is the question. You know, we've talked a lot of football in the program tonight. The NFL has the benefit of time. It seems like everything sort of worked out for the NFL. It hit right after the Super Bowl ends. They get through it. And I think the NFL... Uh, Will probably, and that's the whole thing too, that people sort of accept. Well, the NFL is probably going to kick off in October. So, and the NFL has deep pockets. They have big resources. They have political will. You know, there's nothing stopping the NFL. Could build it, you know, their bubble if they, you know, they could build an island and a city if they needed to. They only play once a week, too, right? Yes, exactly. And even they know, yeah, September is probably not happening for us. So, how, like, is these baseball, like, you know, how political is it right now? Uh, right now. How much pressure is being put uh, on these owners? You know, I almost look at it like sort of like reopen up. It's like, yeah, the guys that want to reopen up aren't the guys that are working in Popeyes. They're not the guys that are working in a CVS. And I almost look at it like the owners. I think they leak these stories to the media. Oh, you know what? Maybe we can open up spring training, you know, June 4th and start in July. And I think they're just doing that to sort of put pressure on the players. So it's sort of like, hey, I go out to work every day, what about the troops? And you know the bit that the fans start to bust out. And I get the same thing that you do. When I tell people stuff's not realistic, they act like I don't want it to happen. I'm losing money because of (laughs) this. Right, exactly. I mean, the thing is that,
3: listen, from the jump here, and I'm talking a month ago, when I talked to people involved here, whether it was the union or with Major League Baseball, the idea they were working with, the date that everybody kind of circled to get kind of things moving, was like May 15th. They felt they had to have a plan in place by around May 15th. Then they could maybe get people into a spring training around June 1st. And then they could maybe start a season around July. If they couldn't get a season going by July, then they pretty much had to scrap it. I mean, at that point, anything beyond as you got deeper into July, it just didn't become practical anymore. They don't want to play in December. Obviously, that's just doesn't make sense for them. They can go deep into November for the playoffs. They're willing to do that. But December is a non-starter. So this is what the timeline we're looking for. The next 10 days or so are gonna be big days as far as decision making. And if they don't have something in place by then, then you're gonna have to really wonder if the the Major League Baseball season is gonna be possible.
1: It's a lot like the governors though, isn't it? They're almost on their own, right? They're not, so there's no, like they, they have to come up with all these tests on their own. They, you know, and it's just people don't understand the logistics of it, right? The swabs, the vials, uh, the storage, the labs, who does the tests? And then it gets into, see, I can imagine them getting frustrated. I get frustrated by this because then people will say, well, what are you talking about? Major League Baseball have 300,000 test kits that they're using right now and nurses can't get a test kit. But that's almost not baseball's problem. Like the government, i.e., has to ramp up the testing so society can open, Right. A bunch of armed protesters aren't going to change anything, bro. We need testing. Well, I mean, the
3: other part of this, too, is that, you know, when they talk about and you talk to some of the people involved with the baseball teams, and they say, sure, you know, we'll make sure that people are tested with heat sensors when they come into the stadium. We'll make sure they're tested when they need to be, those type of things, because that's what they do in South Korea and Taiwan. Those countries have experienced at this. They've had pandemics before in, in their countries. They've had SARS. They've had MERS. They have a playbook for this stuff. We don't. Do you see what happens every time we try to do something here? It's a mad scramble, and nobody knows what to do. We'll try this. Then we'll try this. This doesn't work, so we'll try this. You know, The trial and error then takes weeks and weeks, and you can't do that with sports if you're trying to get this going. We have not even figured out how to do this successfully for the society at large. To think it can be done for sports is just premature again. I want sports to come back really badly, but you have to be serious and realistic about how that happens.
1: Where do you think, um, will there be a split amongst the the sort of superstar players and guys that are making a Miller or two a year, that hey, listen, I just bought a new house, I have to do this as opposed, because we've seen Mike Trout, and Mike Trout never talks. Uh, Mike Trout says, hey, I'm not down with this. I don't like any quarantine idea. Clayton Kershaw said, ah, it's not a non-starter for me. Brett Anderson, we've gone down the list you know what what do you hear from ball players more often than not yes or no well i mean they all they all say they want to play but the practical part of this
3: they haven't been the owners haven't decided how they want to pay these guys i mean they said they already negotiated this and what's on the books is just prorating their contracts <clears throat> not happening if there aren't fans in the building and the owners aren't making money from fans they are not paying these guys prorated versions of their contracts the owners would rather not play then pay these guys that kind of money. Otherwise, it's a money loser for them. They won't play. So unless they figure out a compensation, and when I mean compensation, I mean paying these players a lot less than they think they're going to make this year, then the sport's not going to happen. And that's a major stumbling block here. And again, really a black eye for the union or for Major League Baseball, if this doesn't come about because they can't decide how much money these guys should make. And, oh, yeah, by the way, their CBA
1: is expiring as well, right? Sure, next year, yeah. (laughs) The timing timing, uh, of all of this uh, to happen right now. I wish we were talking about the Mets Uh, right now. I was all excited for the start of the Mets uh, season. And uh, hopefully, I thought maybe they could surprise people And the start of baseball. I wish we talked under different circumstances, but I enjoyed uh, the conversation. Nevertheless, thanks for your time, Dave. Thanks for having me. It was uh, Dave Lennon uh, with us. Uh, Well, you know what? Uh, Sometimes
0: you don't like to hear reality, but that's the truth. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join dailyrodo.com. All
1: right, we got a couple of minutes before we wrap up here on Game Time Decisions. Hi, I'm Gabe Omerensky. A lot of excitement in the air right now, football fever. Uh, The National Football League did a great job uh, with the draft and the virtual draft. The ratings were massive. Listen, you can talk NFL football in the middle of a pandemic. You can talk uh, NFL football on July 4th, August 4th, December the 4th, January the 4th. It really is the one sport that any time of the year, you know, people get excited when you start talking about the, the National Football League. But there's been so much uncertainty in all of our lives. Uh, right now, there is a light at the end of the tunnel that's coming. I think there's also going to be um, there's going to be dark days ahead as well, guys. But football season is far off enough um, that we know they're going to play. Now, the NFL will they start in, on September the 10th? I don't think so. They're going to release you know the, the schedule is going to be released and we can deal with that after. But as we discussed earlier, there will be college football. And, you know, maybe not every school, maybe not every conference, but we will have football games to bet on. And at least we know that's, you know, that's our world that we live in. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah, I agree
2: with you, Gabe. We're going to have SEC football, big, you know, uh, Big 12 football. Uh, the Sun Belt will play. It's going to be great. No, things are starting to come back to normalcy. And uh, yeah, college football. Hey, man, it's a lot of money these schools need. So, uh, you know, the, the, the right pushing, <laughs> come on, guys, let's play football. Sometimes money talks, right? They need to play these games. And I'll tell you, SEC country, they'll play, definitely.
1: You know, there's a lot of, uh, and we, we've talked about this, there's a lot of people that just, you know, wonder how come they can't play? How come they just don't start playing? And it comes down to testing, guys. Yeah. It just comes down to testing. And, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, ad hominem like over and over and over and over again about Korea and about the German Soccer League that's finally set to go and they got the approval to go ahead they went through various testing players testing positive being isolated for 14 days coming back and and then finally they tested the entire league alright so they are like alright everybody's tested I think it was 1700 people got tested only 10 people had it Ten pretty pretty people good. had it. It was a couple of coaches that they said, "All right, older dudes, you gotta, you know, you, you better go to the hospital." Type thing. <laughs> and a couple of the younger players, was like, "All right, I feel all right," but they're like, "All right, you gotta go into quarantine, quarantine days." And so they went into quarantine. Now, so everyone got out, they reset it again. It took them forever. They reset it again. They took everyone's test again. Only ten people, which isn't a bad percentage. And now, after that, they have to go into quarantine again.